0: Good morning, Parkview. How are you guys doing? Hey, as we get started with our service, we're going to have some of our kids lead us in worship as we get started here. And so I'm going to invite some of our children's ministry people down front here. And if you are a kid, I also want to invite you to kind of stand up right now. Come down here to the front, and we're going to play a song that a lot of you guys know from your Sunday school classes. And you're going to do the motions together. So come on down. We're not getting going until you get down. We want to see all you down here. Hey, let's give it up for our kids as they lead us in worship. Kids, you can go take a seat with your parents. Hey, so church, I just want you to look around for a second and look at this us all together. Here's a family. Just look at this. This is great. We can be here together. We can worship our great and amazing God together. I want to read this for you. This is Psalm 150 as we get started with our time together. Praise the Lord. Praise God in His sanctuary. Praise Him in his mighty heavens, praise him for his mighty deeds, praise him according to his excellent greatness. Praise him with trumpet sound, praise him with lute and harp, praise him with tambourine and dance, praise him with strings and pipe, praise him with sounding cymbals, praise him with loud clashing cymbals. Let everything that has breath praise the Lord, praise the Lord. Church, can you stand? We're going to praise our God together. To sing How Great Thou Art. It's in your song sheet. Oh, Lord, my God, when I in awesome wonder consider all the worlds thy hands have made. I see the stars. I hear the rolling thunder, thy power. Well, our God, is, our God is great indeed, and really, today, when we get in the Word, we're just going to be talking about God, who He is, God the Father, and we're just going to consider that, what His, His majesty, how big He is, and we're just going to continue to lift the name of our God. We're going to sing this song together, Great Are You, Lord, in your song sheets there. So we're going to sing together. Sing, You Give Life. You give life you are love you bring light to the darkness you give hope you restore every heart that is broken sing it to him
1: great are you
0: Lord it's your breath our lungs so we pour out our praise pour out our praise it's your breath in our lungs so we pour out our praise to you only sing you give life you give life You are love, you bring light Light to to the darkness. Again, church, it's Your breath in our lungs, so we pour out our praise, pour out our
2: praise. It's Your breath in our lungs, so we pour out our praise to You only.
0: So the Hawks won yesterday, right? I'm excited about that. So I've been thinking about what is it that creates within a stadium a sense of, let's get excited about this, you know? Like, we all can go to football games, we all can shout, we all can get excited around a movement because there's 70,000 people together with you shouting for the same team. But I want to create some perspective for you. Right around the world, right now, there are millions of people who would say they're Christians, and they would say that Jesus is Lord, and they would worship Him only. And not only that, on this earth, but there are angels, hosts of angels in heaven, proclaiming and praising His name. That's a lot bigger than a football stadium. And just, if it helps you create the visual of a football type stadium for all of eternity, together as one, lifting the name of our God. He is worth it, He's better. He's worth us getting a little rowdy. So we've done this before, when we sing this part, I don't want you to sing the word shout, I want you to shout the word shout. And we're gonna make a louder noise than 70,000 people did yesterday at Kinnick Stadium. And we're gonna praise our God because he is better than football. He's better than money. He's better than a job. He's better than an opportunity. He's better than a chance. He's better than any good thing on earth. So we're gonna shout his name. Amen, church? Thumbs up if you're with me. All right, we're gonna do this. Sing all the earth. It's all the earth will shout. Our hearts will cry; these bones will sing. Great are You, Lord. All right, just let it, cut of loose. Come on. And all the earth will shout Your praise. Our hearts will cry; these bones will sing. Great. time
3: Thank you, what an amazing privilege it is to be out in your creation. What an amazing day, what a beautiful day. Father, thank you for so many that helped put this together for us, the hard work that went into this. God, thank you for the opportunity just to be all together like this. Thank you that you are great and you're good, and that's what we're gonna talk about today. I wanna lift up our country to you, Father. um, This is a hard day for us, this is 9-11. There are many of us grieving. Uh, Many of us, many in our country, Are still grieving the loss of life on that day father there's still many of us today just grieving what's happening in our country and the divides and the division we just pray god that you would make your name glorious in this country that your people would follow you that we would reflect your ways in the way that we love one another forgive one another that god you would truly unite this country around your name and around your goodness God, I just pray you'd bless each family that's here. God, thank you for how your hand of blessing has been on this church. And so would you use this day to unite us as a church around your great name? We love you, and we praise you together. In your great name we pray. Amen. All right, so is this working now? Are we good? All right, we're good. Sorry about that. So, hey, great to be all together. And um, you all hearing me okay? We can help our sound guy out. If you're not hearing, give me, a, give me a hand up, if you are not hearing me. All right, so sound guy sees that, and he's going for it. All right, so um, we are, it's awesome. We're all here. We're together. Uh, it's a great thing. I want you to think about this. What is the greatest thing about you? What is the most important thing uh, about you right now, okay? And if we were to ask God that question, what God would say is this. There's some verses in your outline you can follow along. God would say this. It's not how strong you are. It's not how rich you are. It's not how smart you are. But what matters most about you is what do you think about when you think about God? When you think about who God is, what comes to mind to you is by far the most important thing about you. Jeremiah 9, 23 to 24, God said, let not the wise man boast in his wisdom. Let not the mighty man boast in his might. Let not the rich man boast in his riches. But let him who boasts, boast about this, that he knows and understands me, that I am the Lord who practices steadfast love, righteousness, and justice on the earth. For in these things I delight, declares the Lord. You know, it's awesome being all together as Parkview Church. In, about 80 years ago, this church started with a group of faithful people they just wanted to get to know God and they started studying his word together in a room in the Coralville town hall again just a few people just getting together to study the bible and over these 80 years god has honored that commitment of just average people like you and me getting together to understand who god is by the study and obedience of his word and what's really cool you guys if you just think about the average month in the life of parkview church today that in our city there are around 2,500 to 3,000 people that are impacted directly through the different things and the different ministries that all you guys are involved with. And that's, that's amazing, that's outstanding. And then you think beyond this city. You think about people who have left Parkview over the years. They've graduated, they've moved to different parts of Iowa, different parts of our country. They took what they learned here and they took it with them. I think of how many of you guys do that. You leave here after Sunday worshiping together And you take what you have learned about God and his truth to your neighborhoods and to your workplace. I think about the ways that you guys have touched the world with the truth about God. We have 44 global workers all over this globe. uh, In Ukraine, in China, in Japan, in Jordan, in Iraq, in Egypt. Telling people about how amazing and how good God is. I think about the thousands of lives you guys have touched by reaching out to orphans by reaching out to those in human trafficking involved in the throes of that in Cambodia, the, the reach out to orphans in Haiti and Mexico in Ethiopia. It's astonishing what God has done over the years with a group of people that all they wanted to do was get to know God and get to know God's word. And God isn't done. God has a lot more to do through this church, and we're so excited for that. It's awesome to be together. So we live in a day, though, the challenge facing us is strong because we live in a day where belief in God or awareness of God seems to be waning. If you read the headlines or you read the polls of how many people that identify now as a non-believer in God, as either atheist or agnostic, and as you just, you can look on the internet, you can look, as I've done the last month and just watched several debates of prominent uh, people. There's uh, some different different folks that you can just see. Richard Dawkins is one. There's a guy named Christopher Hitchens, Uh, not Anthony Hitchens, that's the linebacker for the Hawkeyes that plays for the Cowboys. He's not a philosopher, he's not, as far as I know, an atheist, but Christopher Hitchens and people like that. And as you hear their stories, and maybe you've interacted with people that just, just avidly say there is no God, sometimes when you dig beneath the surface there, You can see that there's some hurt there. There's been some hypocrisy in their life where people who said they knew God treated them poorly or maybe the church in general has offended them or you look at personal tragedy that may have happened in their lives. There's just a wide range of people. I appreciate how one guy was completely honest and he said, the reason I don't want there to be a God is because I don't want any restrictions in how I live my life, particularly how I live my life sexually. So there's just a complete misunderstanding that the God we worship is good, and that the truth that this God we worship offers us sets us free, doesn't confine us. He's an amazing God. And so what I want us to see this morning is that we worship a God who wants us to know him, he wants us to trust him, and he wants us to worship him, all right? And so first, let's just talk about this God who longs for us to know him. The Bible is really clear that God makes himself known to every person on this planet through his creation. Like just, I mean, honestly, just look around. And we're in Iowa. We're not even in Colorado, right? There's no mountains to look at here. But still, this is awesome, you guys. This is astonishing. The book of Psalms says that uh, the heavens declare the glory of our God. Or Romans 1 says that God has revealed himself to everybody on the planet through what he has made And that no one has an excuse. Nobody on this planet can say, I didn't know there was a God. Because he makes himself so clear through his creation. In fact, the most prominent way the Bible will point to an existence of God is it will point to his creation, okay? So I got a little visual demonstration for us. If I got my volunteers come up, and hopefully my mic won't feedback. Okay, we're good. Where's our stuff? Where's the beach ball? Okay, we need that, all right? So give it up for my volunteers, some... West High students here to pour it on for us. Okay, So what we're going to do is just kind of get a visual of how big our solar system is, okay? So this is Sarah. She's a cross-country runner. This is supposed to be a four-foot beach ball. It's the biggest one I had. And Sarah's going to have to just start running for us. Go, Sarah. Okay, Sarah's going to show us where the sun would be. She's eventually going to get to the top of that berm, okay? So everybody say, bye, Sarah. Safe travels, Sarah. Okay, cross-country runner, she can handle that, okay? So let's say right here in our mini solar system, I need Bethany and Kate right here, okay? These guys are going to be Earth? (laughs) These guys are going to be Earth and Moon, okay? Who's which? Earth and Moon. Okay, so Bethany is the Earth, and that's a quarter. Hold it up. And so Kate is the Moon. That's a third of a tic-tac. Okay, so (laughs) Kate, if you want to, like, rotate, you can do that. Unless you get dizzy, don't pass out on me, okay? So... (laughs) This would be, so the distance between here and Sarah, look, we can actually see Sarah over there. Everybody say, hi, Sarah. Hi, Hi, Sarah. That's 93 million miles. It would take you 17 years on the average jetliner to get there. That would be a horrible flight. A lot of bad food. Hopefully, you're sitting on the aisle. And It sounds like a flight I had to North Dakota once. Like, huge, long flight all the way over there. So that's Jupiter. Here's Earth and Moon. um, And uh, uh, Claire now show Jupiter. Isn't this cool? Little beach ball. So Claire is going to show us where Jupiter would be in this. So just start going that way, Claire. Okay, so that's, uh, yeah, it's a huge, huge solar system God has made. You guys are done spinning? Oh. I can't get, get do that. No, you're good. All right, so wait, where's Claire? Oh, you've got to keep going. You're not done. You've got to keep going. Actually, Claire, we can stop there stop because I, actually you would need to run all the way to the golf course if you were Jupiter. We'll just have you stop there, okay? That's good. So you can hold up Jupiter, pretend that she's on the golf course, all right? So this is like just the beginning of our solar system. I think you guys are done now. Thanks. Give it a, I need the quarter. So good, good job. You can eat the tic-tac Kate. all right? Sarah, come on back. We'll see you in about five minutes, all right? So that's just our solar system, like how huge it is. And so here's another deal. If our solar system was the size of a quarter, okay, if this represented our whole solar system, our solar system sits in the midst of the Milky Way galaxy. Guess how big, so this is the solar system, guess how big the Milky Way would be? Would you say Iowa City? Would you say Johnson County? Would you say the state of Iowa? It would actually be the whole United States, all right? It's just the, the, the Milky Way galaxy. And from what scientists tell us, there are over a hundred thousand galaxies besides just ours. In just our galaxy alone, there are a hundred billion stars. And our sun is just an average star. It's got the temperature of about 30,000 degrees. You could fit 1.5 million earths inside the sun. And that's just an average star. And the Bible tells us, in fact, God invites us. He says this, "'To whom will you compare me that I will be like him? Lift up your eyes on high and see who created these, who brings out their host by number, calling them all by name.'" By the greatness of his might and because he is strong in power, not one is missing. God is saying, you want to see how great I am? Just look at the heavens and look at how vast and look at how huge my creation is. You know, what's really cool is you can Google search this. You could say people who converted to Christianity, scientists who created, who converted to Christianity. There are many that as we discover the immensity of our universe, as well as the complexity, many are turning to faith in God. One is a man named Francis Collins, who in his career as a physician and a geneticist has been president of the National Institute of Health. He was also named as the director of the Human Genome Project. He, after his graduate work, doctorate in quantum mechanics at Yale, he went to medical school, and when he got out of medical school, he, medical school, he was an avowed atheist. And yet, it was as he watched his patients who had faith suffer well to the end, his heart was opened to the reality of faith in God, and he put his faith in Jesus Christ. And as the lead researcher then on the Human Genome Project, he made these statements about, he wrote a book called The Language of God, describing the complexities of the DNA structure and how they point to a creator. His conclusion is that science and creation, science and the faith in God do not have to conflict with each other. In fact, it's our science that is pointing so clearly to the existence of a creator. Another guy who went through a transition like that is a man named Anthony Flew. He was a British philosopher. He was one of the signers of the Humanist Manifesto, which basically said, we don't believe in God and we don't need God, all right? So, But as the evidence for a creator emerged in 2004, he converted to being a theist, a believer in the existence of a God. And he said this, he said, I didn't hear a voice. It was the evidence that led me to this conclusion. And he wrote a book called There Is a God, How the World's Most Notorious Atheist Has Changed His Mind. So just amazing how God says, through my creation, you can see who I am. And I would say this, that anybody who acknowledges the existence of a God through his creation. The Bible says, if you seek me, you will find me, if you seek with all your heart. That God, as he begins to reveal himself through creation, the Bible says he also reveals himself to everybody through our consciences. And however we respond to that general revelation, God then wants us to know specifically who he is. He doesn't want us to just know generally about him, or that he's powerful, or that he's creative, or that he's beautiful in what he makes, but he wants us to know him personally. My analogy for that would be, in two weeks from yesterday, I'm gonna do a wedding in Cedar Falls. It's with a former student of mine, a good friend. I love this guy. And uh, I got to meet his fiance. and when I heard this story of how they met, they were both working out in the same fitness class. Both of them work out a lot, they're cut, they're all of this stuff. And so he's, my friend is also very shy. And so even though he kind of saw her and was kind of attracted to her, he never talked to her until the very last day of class. And he went up and he introduced himself to her and they kind of started talking. And it turned out that she also liked him. Like she had been watching him and in fact her roommates called her the gorilla. Like, hey, how's the gorilla talk to you today? My friend is like, I said, you're not big enough to be called a gorilla. But like, let's just go with that. And so she was amazed that again at a distance she was impressed with this guy and what he looked like and he was strong. But it was when he began to talk to her and the first thing he invited her to was church. And she was just blown away by that. It's like, I've never had a guy, the first time he's inviting me somewhere, invites me to church. And then even as she describes their relationship, she said, I've never had anybody treat me so kindly or so well or respect me so much. And I think that's a beautiful picture of what God wants, not just for us to be impressed at a distance, but he wants to get us, get us to know Him personally and know His love for us. So theologians break that down into God's general revelation and then God's special revelation. And the way God has revealed Himself specifically to us is through things like the Bible. You can read the Bible to learn about who God is. I think one of the most powerful ways God has shown Himself specifically is through Jesus Christ. John 1 says, "...in the beginning was the Word. The Word was with God and the Word was God. He was with God in the beginning." Through him, all things were made. Without him, nothing was made that has been made. And then verse 14 says this, And the word became flesh and lived among us. And we have seen his glory, the glory of the one and only who came from the Father, full of grace and truth. When Jesus lived in this planet, he said, The things that I'm teaching you are not my ideas, they're from my Father. Jesus said, When you see me do things, I'm doing things that the Father has told me to do. Jesus said, if you see me, you see the Father. And so Jesus came to show us specifically who God is and what God is like. And the clearest picture you have of what God is like is when you see Jesus on the cross dying for us. Because there you see the holiness of God. God does not like sin. God cannot be in the presence of sin. You see the justice of God and the wrath of God that sin evokes holy wrath from God but you also see the mercy of God and the love of God and that he offered Jesus Christ to be the one to take our punishment that we deserve for our sin. And Jesus took that for us. So in beautiful ways, Jesus shows us specifically what God is like so that God doesn't just have to be out there for you, but that God can be very personal and very real in your life. What I wanna do is just quickly tell you a story about a guy in the Bible. What's so cool about these truths is that when you read through the Bible, you see people just like us pursuing a relationship with God and trying to understand who he is. And so these these verses are in your handout too. This is a guy named Moses we're going to talk about for a couple minutes. Moses uh, has an amazing story. He was raised uh, in a family, a very prestigious family, the household of Pharaoh, the rulers of Egypt. Even though he himself was a Jew, and the Jewish people were under, under slavery from the Egyptians. And so he was raised in the palace while his fellow people were suffering as slaves. And as Moses grew old enough to understand what was going on and understand that his identity was a Jew, he began to become conflicted. And then one time where he saw an Egyptian oppressing a Jew, he couldn't constrain himself anymore and he killed that Egyptian and he was sent out, uh, and he fled away from Egypt, and it was on that journey that he encountered God through a burning bush, and God spoke to Moses and said, Moses, I want you to go back to Egypt and tell Pharaoh to let my people go. Moses had all kinds of excuses. God, I can't talk. I'm not that good of a speaker. I can't do that. What you see in Moses over the next period of his life is that Moses was a courageous and a humble leader who led God's people out of the slavery, out of Egypt and into the promised land. And so what you see in in Exodus 33 is an amazingly honest conversation between Moses and God. And I want you to put yourself in this conversation, you guys, because Moses had a huge challenge in front of him. He had to lead two million people from Egypt to the promised land. These were not an easy people to lead, okay? They constantly complained. Like any dad here that's tried to lead the family vacation, and you hear the things from the back seat: are we there yet? When are we going to get there? This is dumb. I want to go home. Like all those kind of things. That's what Moses was doing, except imagine 2 million people in your minivan saying that to you. Like it would just drive you crazy. And so look at this honest conversation. So put yourself just open your eyes. What are the challenges you're facing right now? Is it the middle of med school? Is it getting your family through the next phase? Is it battling a health issue? Like, what is your big challenge right now? Look at how Moses squared up and uh, relied on God to get through this challenge, okay? He basically asked God for three things. First was God, show me your ways. He pleaded with God. God, show me your ways. Look at Exodus 33:13. 13. Moses says, God, now if I have found favor in your sight, please show me your ways so that I can find favor in your sight. God loves that question. If any of us say, God, would you show me your ways? God's love language is obedience. God loves it. And I think any parents hear language is obedience. But like when when we say to God, God, we don't just think you're great and we don't just know that you're good, but would you teach us your ways? Like that's, that's an amazing statement that God loves to hear. And we need that because God has words for us in our relationships. And how do we deal with money? And how do we deal with stress? All those things, God has amazing truth for us. Okay. So God, show me your ways. And so look what God said. God said in verse 14, my presence will go with you and I will give you rest. And Moses said, if your presence will not go with me, Do not bring us up from here. For how shall it be known that I have found favor in your sight, I and your people? Is it not in your going with us, so that we are distinct, I and your people, from every other people on the face of the earth? And the Lord said to Moses, This very thing that you have spoken, I will do, for you have found favor in my sight, and I know you by name. What an amazing request. God, go with us. God, I do not want to go alone dad's here, uh, leading a family. I don't want to lead this family alone. Or you're in your career, you're going to school tomorrow. God, I don't want to go into this alone. I want you with me. Can you not agree with me that things go way better when we know that God is with us? That we know there's that confidence, there's that peace, there's that rest we have. And what an amazing invitation that the God of all the universe offers to go with you. And so what an amazing request. God, go with with us. I need you with me. And that's a prayer that God loves to answer. And the third one is this, verse 18, chapter 33. Moses says this to God, God, would you show me your glory? Man, just think about who's asking that question. Moses has already seen God speak in a burning bush. Moses has already seen the Red Sea part, and he's seen two million people walk through dry ground while there's just walls of water. I don't know, could you see fish in there? And just kind of look, was it like SeaWorld on steroids? Like just going through that, you've already seen that. So like Moses, you've already had your share of seeing the glory of God. Why are you asking for more? But I think that's the point, is that once you've seen the real deal, once you see what really satisfies, once you see what is truly amazing, you crave it. You, you can never get enough. More, more. It's like a little kid with ice cream. More, more, more. Like just, that was Moses. God, I just crave your glory. God, would you show me your glory? I, I think God is incredibly honored with that because you guys, we seek glory in so many other places besides God. And if our eyes were clear on what really matters and doesn't, and what really is significant and not, we'd be right there with Moses saying, God, show me, show me your glory. And can you just look at how God reveals himself, how God answers that request? It's verse 19. And God said, I will make all my goodness pass before you, and I will proclaim before you my name, the Lord. And then you jump down to verse 34, and this is what God longs for us to do. God longs for us to worship him, and that's exactly what happened. God descended, Verse 34, uh, chapter 34, verse 5, the Lord descended in the cloud, and he stood with them there, and he proclaimed the name of the Lord. Guys, that's a confusing sentence. What does it mean that God proclaimed the name of the Lord? The name of the Lord means this is who God is. This describes God. You want to see glory? You want to see the name of God? You want to see God for who he really is? And look how God describes himself. He doesn't say, I'm strong, I'm better than you, I'm, you're nothing. Like, just look how he describes himself. The Lord passed before Moses and proclaimed, the Lord, the Lord, a God merciful and gracious, slow to anger, abounding in steadfast love and faithfulness and keeping steadfast love for thousands, forgiving iniquity and transgression and sin, but who will by no means clear the guilty, visiting the iniquity of the fathers on the children and the children's children to the third and fourth generation. And Moses quickly bowed his head toward the earth and worshiped. Like when God said, let me, let me show you who I am, he proclaimed his goodness He proclaimed his mercy, his loyal love to his people. That's how God wants us to know him. In fact, the biggest lie of the enemy, we see it back in the garden in the early book of Genesis, is that the lie the enemy wants you to believe is that God is not good. So you've got to look somewhere else to be satisfied. God said, I'm going to proclaim my name to you, and that name is that I am good, all right? So bottom line, I just want to wrap up and ask you, do you know God? Do you know this God we're talking about? Two things. One is, do you know the gospel? And that's on your outline there. There's three verses that you need to understand our need. We have all sinned. We have all fallen short of the glory of God. But that God's love is that while we were sinners, Jesus died for us. God responds uh, with mercy to our pain. That's God's love in our pain. And grace is how God responds to us when we're in our sin. God responds in grace to us. And so uh, Romans six twenty three, uh, the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ, our Lord. You guys, you've got to know the gospel. And if that's something new to you, if a friend brought you today, ask that friend, what's the gospel? Like, how can I know God through the gospel? But you've got to start there with what Jesus has done for you on the cross. But then there's a lot of us who came here today that would say, yeah, I know the gospel. I believe that. I prayed that prayer a long time ago. Can I just ask you a couple questions? Do you really know God? Like, are you living like you know there's a God? And there's three just good gauges to ask on the dashboard of your life. Are you seeing humility in your life? Because if you really know how great God is, you instantly know how great you're not, right? So is there humility? Is there courage? Because if you know that God is going with you, where are the risks that you're taking in your life? Because you know God is with you and that God's got your back. A lot of Christians just coast because they really don't know God. They don't know that God is with them. So do you see evidences of courage? And then do you see peace in your life? If you truly believed and truly knew God is great and good, uh, why aren't you sleeping at night? Like, why are you worrying? So look at those gauges, not just in your head, yes, no, I know God, but in your heart, do you see evidences that you know God, all right? We got three people that are gonna t- come talk to us real quick, come on up, volunteers, thank you. All right, we'll get them set up here. So these are three folks that are just gonna kind of give an amen on what I just talked about, all right? So Matt Boyer is gonna go first. All right. Get everybody set up there. Matt, you'll go right there. All right. And Andrea Goujutsa is going to go second. And um, I th- here's the mic we're using. Can you pass that over to him? That'd be awesome. And then this is, uh, Bethany's going to go third. So Matt is a uh, surgeon at the university in sports medicine. So he helps keep our athletes healthy and so they can keep kicking the cyclone's butt every day. So that's good. And Matt also has four kids. He's a dad. Um, we pray for each other a lot in our role as dads, and it's a big, big role. So I thought Matt could kind of start, like, how does God on a day-to-day basis help you just kind of keep everything and everything together that you got
4: going on? Sure. So when I think about God in my everyday life, um, I think about four main things. My work, my role as a dad or a parent, uh, my role as a husband, and then being a man in a society or a community that doesn't define manhood the same way that the Bible does or God does. So when I was younger, I I knew God. However, I used to think I can get through my day kind of on my own strength, my own energy. And as as I've gotten older, I've realized that I'm very imperfect, I'm very selfish at times, and God is even more perfect and holy than I ever imagined. And there's this growing gap between the two. And that's where God's grace comes in. And every day I think about how it's so much better if I can get through my day with God's grace and live that way rather than my own energy. So I have a very busy job. I wake up in the morning and thinking about my day and what I have to do. Um, What I found is when I can connect with God early in the morning, it makes a big difference in my day. I always sometimes I'll lay in bed in the morning and think about God trying to reach down and, and connect with me. And I don't always plug into him and I need to plug into him every day. When I do read my Bible, I, I learn more about him, I get closer to him. I, I often try to pray my way to work, listen to worship music, and that does kind of focus my day. I'm a big believer in, just like our athletes at Iowa, that we have to train and not just try. I can say I can try to do better tomorrow or to read my Bible or pray or think about God, but it doesn't always work unless I'm really disciplined in my training. As many of you know, it's hard to be a parent. I have four young kids, and um, it's a tough job. Uh, I I think about that every day and how God can kind of help me with that. I'm convinced that we do our best parenting by prayer, not preaching at our kids. Um, It really takes the pressure off of me when I think about giving my kids to God and not trying to control everything myself. Also, I also think parenting is more important with our actions rather than our words. Um, If I want one of my kids to... um, work harder. If they're not seeing me work hard, that's not going to work very well. Same way with reading my, my Bible. If I want them to read their Bible and spend time with God, if I'm not modeling that in my life, they're not going to see that and do that. Marriage is also hard, just like parenting's hard. Um, I'm sure many of you can relate to this, but it's hard to find quality time with my wife. Um, when I, When I asked her to marry me 16 years ago, as part of the marriage proposal, I washed her feet as a symbol of kind of um, being a servant. And even though I'm far from perfect and she can tell you many stories of how I mess that up, I do think every day, how can I serve my wife and I pray to God for that rather than what she can do for me. And I think that really helps a lot in, in our relationship. Lastly, as a man in a community that doesn't define manhood the same way God does, I have to think every day about God's grace and how I can, I can be a man in a community and be different. So God defines manhood with rejecting passivity, getting off my butt and doing something. Secondly, um, accepting responsibility, not blame, blaming others, but taking the blame myself, investing eternally and leading courageously. And those are things that I try to think about. And it's really easy to put on a mask and a facade that you know we have it all together, but clearly all of us needs God's grace and the plug into him every day.
3: That's awesome, great overview, Matt, thank you. So in the middle here is uh, Andrea Goyuza. I've known Andrea for a long time, the privilege of doing her wedding with Phil. Um, Andrea is uh, Ron and Bev, Herman's daughter. They've been part of this church for years and years and years. Many of you have been served and cared for by this family. Uh, Her brother Josh uh, is on the staff here. He works in maintenance and facilities. You may see Josh, may have seen Josh before, not know who he is. They usually wear orange, uh, very friendly, very jovial, in many ways has served me uh, in, in his capacity here, just very thankful for him. In July, there was a day here at work where he was just dropped to his knees because of pain in his head. And later it was discovered that there was a tumor there, so in a very very quickly that tumor needed to be removed. And as a result of the surgery, um, Josh has been paralyzed in, in some ways. Uh, he was here at the university for a few weeks, four, five, six weeks. He's now at a care center in Ankeny. Um, again, trying to regain just some basic things like being able to talk and being able to lift his head. And so many of you have been praying for, for Josh and his family. And where Andrea is going to speak to us today is, is how does God fit into this? Like, how is God a rock and a refuge when you're walking through something like this? So go for it, Andrea. Yeah. Um,
5: even before I pick up there, I first want to take this mo- this moment to thank you all Um, uh, When I look out, I see the hands and the feet and the mouths and uh, the stomachs of Jesus who have served our family. Hmm. I wasn't supposed to do this. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Um, And I just want to thank you guys for that. Um, A lot of people say they leave church because it's not authentic. It's not real. Um, People don't really care about each other. And uh, that has not been our experience here. So we want to thank you guys for the... um, coffee cards my sisters and I especially (laughs) the meals um, watching my kiddos so I can go see Josh Um, all the uh, the parking money and um, all the countless cards and words of encouragement and prayers and so thank you for being Jesus to us and um, ministering to our family in this hard time. And I also, um, we do wanna testify, and we wanna testify to these truths that um, we have known in our mind, as Doug has said, and we have had to live out in reality um, right now. And um, the first one is that, um, we do want to t- testify to God's presence um, in our darkest our darkest days that um, there's a verse in Isaiah um, chapter 42 that talks about you know, when you go through the waters that I will be with you, and when the river passes over you, it will not um, overtake you and you when you walk through the fire you won't be, get burned and that I will be with you. and that has been um, our experience and that has been our truth that um, in the midst of heartache, in the midst of pain, God has been with us and is with us and um, we also can testify that, um, God is in control. Um, this situation seems, uh, you know, like it's unraveling. Um, you know, not only does he have cancer, but we can't even battle the cancer right now because he can't hold up his head. Um, but in the midst of that, we are relying on God's truth of his word that it says he will work all things for good. And we trust that God is working in the midst of this. And probably the hardest truth for us to say is what Doug just ended with, um, and that is that God is still good. And it's taken us lots of wrestling and um, words of encouragement from you and God's holy and active living word, Um, aptly timed songs right when we need them and words of encouragement from you and a meal right when we need it, Um, of God's reminder to us that he is still good in the midst of our um, confusion and heartache. And um, thank you for praying with our family. Thank you for entering into this uh, hardship with us. And... um, (laughs)
3: Good job. Very good. All right. And uh, this is Bethany Stoyles. And so Bethany is one of the leaders in our college ministry here 24-7. And I heard Bethany's story the other day at a staff meeting. Uh, I hear that that Bethany is doing an amazing job reaching out to freshmen on our campus. And I think when you hear her story, you'll realize what's driving her to do this. So why don't you tell us how God has kind of flipped your life, Bethany, over the last few years.
1: So before I knew Jesus, um, up until like the last two years of my life, I felt like I knew exactly how life was supposed to work. And I was really good at fulfilling my own desires and fulfilling what I thought I needed and what I deserved. At a very young age, I began to find my worth and performance and my identity from what people thought of me. And I began binge drinking when I was fifteen in high school. And I soon fell into the living in living in darkness and just allowed like shameful acts to my body and felt love only through physical intimacy. And I just constantly lied to my family and my friends and anyone who even tried asking about my life. And I would attend church every Sunday, go to youth group and mission trips and stuff. So kind of like Doug was saying, I like knew about God, but I didn't know God personally. Um, so yeah, I, um, I was really focusing on my appearance, going to the best parties, dancing in bars, and being successful in school. And it was just like an all like a really desperate cry for my need to feel loved, but I was never satisfied with the attention that I received. And then when I transferred to the University of Iowa, Nick, who's my husband now, but we were dating at the time, we were still involved with the party scene, but I would attend Parkview on Sundays with him and we went to Crew, one of the other campus ministries on campus, because that's what we were used to do, was going to church and then going home and just doing whatever. But then we noticed that there was something different about the students in 24/7 and students in Crew that they like worshipped in a different way, and they like wanted to be at church or to be. Is that oh, so yeah, they just like wanted to be at church, and they enjoyed worshiping. And they, Nick and I, were the couple that were people that would just like we'd walk into church or Crew, and then we'd like make a beeline for the exit. But people were so, they just wanted to know us, and they cared about us, and asked questions about our lives. Um, Yeah, I began to understand more about sin and the fact that my sin is what hindered a relationship with God, and that I couldn't have a relationship with God because my sin was so great. Um, Even if I tried to cover up the things I had done, like I couldn't hide it from God. Yeah, i learned that god loved me so much that he sent his only son to take all of the wrath and consequence for my sin and finally allow me to have a relationship with god through jesus Um, i really couldn't believe that god wanted to like still have compassion on me despite my past sin and the current sin that i was still living in and even that he says that he covers all of our future sin but yeah there was a night when i just surrendered my life to god Because I was just like so sick of the way I was living, <laughs> but um, yeah, Jesus like wants us to feel loved because He loved us and died for us, and um, so in that moment He like um, yeah calls me blameless and pure and valuable, and He still calls that or tells me that today. Tells me that today, only because of what Jesus did on the cross, and it's nothing that I could have ever done. Um, but now I'm I'm still a sinner. <laughs> I sin but I'm saved by grace through faith in Jesus Christ and I trust in God that his word says that the Holy Spirit that he's given to me is a seal and a guarantee of my yeah, my inheritance in heaven and that there's going to be one day when I get to see him face to face and God proclaims me as a good and faithful servant only because of what Jesus did and yeah so I live by faith. Um, yeah, I'm free to live a life from the grace and the love and the forgiveness that I've received and just to walk in that and to have accountability from other Christians who are um, yeah, trying to love Jesus and love God more and be filled with the Spirit, and yeah, thanks for listening.
3: You guys did great. right, So let's stay here. So uh, let me pray for us. Thank you all three. You guys did a great job. Let me pray to wrap up our time. Uh, God, we've just talked about some truth that comes from your word, that you exist, you're great, you're powerful. And we also see through Jesus that you're good and that you love us and you want us to know you. I thank you, God. Here's three people just giving that up and telling their story. Thank you for how you lead Matt and help him uh, be the doctor, the husband, the dad, the man that you're calling him to be. God, you can do that for all the men out here. God, this city, this country needs godly men. God, would you lead us men here to be servant leaders and the lovers of our families you've called us to be god thank you so much for the courage you gave andrea to tell this story god we do pray for josh right now many of us here have been praying no josh god even right now would you remind josh of your presence and your love with him for him god would you comfort him god we're crying out for healing pray for andrea and her family god just thank you for the honesty there may they cling to the truth that we can taste and see that you are good. God, would you continue to comfort them and encourage them with your word and with your people, God? So thank you so much for Andrea and her family and what they mean to us. And God, just continue to strengthen them. And God, thank you for the tears that I just saw in Bethany's eyes. Thank you for how good you were to her, to rescue her and to bring her to Jesus. And I thank you for her desire now to have so many other students hear what you have done for her. God, would you bless our college ministry? Would you bless this whole church in that desire to get that message out, that you are good, that you offer us forgiveness, that you offer us your love through the gospel? And God, may we be faithful to carry that out, just like Bethany's doing, God, may we do that as well. You're a great God. Thank you, Lord, for this time to worship you. In your great name we pray, amen. Can you give it up for these folks? They did a good job. Thank you.
0: Church, I want to invite you to stand back up. Matthew eleven twenty eight 28 says, Come to me, all you who are weary and heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and lowly in heart, and you'll find rest for your souls. So when you sing this song, Come to the Water, it's in your song sheets there coming to our Jesus for rest for our souls, the rest that only he can provide oh come come to the water all who are thirsty come and be filled oh come come to the river brothers and sisters come and Let's sing that verse again. Come to the water. Oh, come, come to the water. All who are thirsty, come and be filled. Oh, come, come to the river. Brothers and sisters, come and be healed. Come and we Believe. We believe in the kingdom come. song, oh sing, oh sing. city the revival come let the people sing the glory of your name just continue to lift that song the revival come the revival come let the people sing
2: the glory
0: Let revival come. Let the people sing the glory of Your name. For our hearts, sing that for our hearts. Let revival come. Let the people sing the glory of Your name. Don't stop. Continue to sing that out. Let revival come. Let the people sing the glory of your name. Let revival come. Let the people sing the glory of your name. Just continue to sing that. Let it be your prayer. Let revival come. come let the people sing the glory of your name the glory of your name amen church can you guys take a seat real quick i want to pray for us we're going to take up an offering here together and um, let me pray for us really quick god thank you for being so good to us for being so generous with us, God. We just want to respond, not just with songs, but financially as well, God, to give back to you the things you've given to us, Lord. We love you. It's your name we pray these things. Amen.
6: Out for us the weight of every curse upon here. One final breath he gave as heaven looked away. The Son of God was laid in darkness A battle in the grave A war on death was waged The power of hell forever
2: broken The ground began to shake The storm was rolled away His perfect love
3: All right, so um, if you are, Doug Fern, can you come on up with me here? We are gonna take a couple minutes and pray for our East Campus. So if you have been part of the leadership core with East Campus too, you can start coming on up here. Also, if you're an elder at Parkview, might as well come on up here too. We need you up here as well. So, uh, so we've been talking about this since about, uh, at a leadership level for the last four years, about the concept of being a church that multiplies. That um, and uh, we've been telling you about it a lot since May or so, our desire to set up a worship location on the east side of Iowa City. So starting next Sunday at the SPOT Faith Academy at 1030 Cross Park Avenue, we're gonna launch the east campus of Parkview Church. All right, it's gonna be one church, one elder board, um, one budget, but in two locations. All right, so Doug Fern is uh, leading this team over there. Why don't you bring your team up?
7: Yeah, actually, not just leadership core. Anybody who's planning on worshiping there, who's been a part of our meetings, right? If you're going to be worshiping um, starting next week, um, down at the spot, uh, Faith Academy, just come on up. What's that? Up on the stage. You want to be up on the, me on the stage. Yeah. Me on the stage. Okay, sorry. Thank you. And then everybody else just come on in front here, the stage. Um, yeah. And so we've been meeting for the last uh, number of months, and starting next week, we're we're going to start meeting down there on the 18th, 10:30. Um, And we've been building community, building uh, a team together, and we're super excited to be able to start down there. Um, Lots of training has been going on throughout the summer, and um, folks have been in place. And kind of the way we're starting off is just kind of simple, is as simple does. And so we're going to start with what we got, and from there um, we're we're excited to be able to see how God's going to use these people um, to reach um, our community and another part of our community in different ways. So um, the leadership is going to kind of pray for us. I think that's you, Doug. Is that right?
3: So Mark is here. Mark, could you come up and pray? And Jeff, could you come pray as well? Just pray for uh, these folks that are launching out uh, to represent Parkview for us. Okay, here we go. Go ahead, Mark.
7: Hi, Heavenly Father, we thank you for these men and women. We thank you for your commission to, uh, to go out and uh, spread your word. We pray uh, that you would be with them, that we would see your blessings. We pray that... Those who do not yet know you as Lord and Savior will be reached. And there's many things that we don't know, but we rejoice in the fact, Lord, that you're in control and you're rejoicing at this. And we look forward to seeing your favor on this.
3: Lord, you tell us to go into all the world and communicate the wonderful truth of the Gospels. Thank you so much for Doug Fern, the entire team, for Doug Schillinger. Uh, Thank you for the elders and all the staff, and especially, Lord, for these on the team that are getting ready to start this wonderful endeavor of, of being one church in two locations. I pray that your Holy Spirit would inspire them, fill them, lead them, guide them. Thank you, Lord, for your mighty work, and I ask God that you would continue to work in a Way we thank you for that in Jesus' name. All right, Doug is uh, come on up here too. All right, so one other thing too, the rest of us that are here, um, just a reminder, it's, this is one church still, two locations. Uh, Doug's going to be leading there. You will still see Doug here sometimes at 15 Foster. I'll still be in the teaching team here, so it's not like goodbye. Doug or to these people there is a sadness here there is these are some people that we've worshiped with over the years together but whenever the gospel goes out it it requires a sacrifice and people have sacrificed so that we have received the gospel so we grieve but we're also very excited about the extension of the gospel into our community so Doug has a few words for those of us that are still worshiping here
7: sure yeah, if you real quick, if you're on this team and you currently or have in the past served in children's ministry, parked cars, deacon, deaconess, elder, if you serve in college ministry and young adults, any sort of service at all, worship music, whatever, just raise your hand. Okay, so as you can see, there you can put your hands down, there are a number of folks up here right now that as, as a result of us going down there, we want to see the gospel go out, we want to see multiplication happen, but at the same time it means that there's going to be roles and there's going to be opportunities here at 15 Foster Road, um, there's going to be uh, gaps, and there's going to be a need for folks here to be able to step up and serve in children's ministry and to serve in a variety of different ways. Um, as you can see, these folks have been really invested, involved, Um, just in this church. And so, um, real quick, I'm just going to pray for for you guys, um, pray for our hearts, and uh, then I'll I'll turn it back over. So, Father God, Lord, just thank you for what you're calling this group of people to do. Lord, I thank you for the fact that we are one church and that um, we have friendships, we have relationships with folks, Lord, and I pray that you would continue to draw us together, um, Lord, and that we'd be able to compete in um, stand for one as one for your gospel in our community, Lord. Um, we pray specifically, Lord, for 15 foster, Lord. I pray for the folks that are, are going to continue to worship right here at the central campus, Lord, and that you would um, allow folks, men and women, to be able to stand up and to uh, to serve you, Lord, to be able to serve your church, um, and so that your the no need would go unmet, Father, and that people would be able to stand in the gap where they may exist, Father. Um, our hope is it, it is a privilege, it is a joy to be able to call you our God and that you call us your people. Um, And, Lord, I pray just as um, we continue to meet and worship that wherever that looks, whether it's here or or at uh, the East Campus, Lord, that you would receive much glory and honor as a result of that, Father. So we love you, and and we thank you for what you're calling us to. um, And we ask that your hand would be on us and bless us. We ask these things in your name. Amen.
3: Right. So as an expression that we're with these folks, let's give them a big round of applause just we're with them, love them, we care about them. You guys are awesome. Thank you. You go back to your seats. We got one more song and then we're gonna eat together. So lead us team, here we go.
2: Hey church,
0: you wanna stand for our last song together?
8: from Emmanuel's veins in sinners plums beneath that flood lose all their guilty stains lose all their guilty stains lose all their guilty stains, their guilty stains. in sinners plums beneath that flood on the guilty state. The dying thief rejoiced to see the fountain in his day. And there have I, though vile as he washed all my sins away, washed all my sins away.
0: Away,
8: and there have I, though vile, as He
0: washed all my, all my sins, sins
2: away.
8: Ever since, by faith, I saw the stream. My flowing wounds supply. Redeeming love has been my theme and shall
2: be till I die. And shall be till I die. And shall, shall, shall be till I die. Redeeming love has been my And shall be till I die.
0: guys take a seat. We got a few instructions for you. So there are a ton of people to thank for this all happening. A lot of logistics that had to be thought of well in advance. And I think we can all agree that the most important thing that could be thought of in advance is food. Am I right? So I want to invite Stephanie to the microphone. Can we give it up for Stephanie for feeding us, for organizing all of this?
9: Okay, just a few instructions and um, if you follow them closely, you will eat efficiently, so that's awesome. (laughs) Um, There is eight tables set up underneath the pull through where you would normally drop people off, okay? And I would encourage you to utilize all eight. As tempting as it is to stop at the first one or two, keep walking, because there's eight. Um, and there's people there to serve you, and we would appreciate it. We will just give you um, a sandwich, and you will get to choose a bag of chips, and then we will serve you a cupcake. Um, and um, there's napkins, and there's a water table, and you can grab that. So um, you can kind of stagger, Oops, did I, oh, sorry oh sorry can you not hear me um my mom voice wasn't on um so follow the traffic pattern underneath the pull through there's eight tables in case you missed that um and just go ahead and use utilize all eight tables so there's water over there and you can just take your food um ideally we would like people to walk and exit the area down the two sidewalks so um if you (laughs) how do I do that is that clear? <laughs> um, so go ahead and you can come from either direction on the sidewalks. So there's four tables that split underneath the pull through there. So um, we should be good to go, so.
10: Awesome. Well, it's hard to follow up when somebody's like, hey, we have free food for you. Um, so we decided we'd add some more stuff to it. And by the way, my name's Nick. I'm one of the youth pastors here. So if you see me around, please feel free to stop any of us on staff. We'd love to talk to you guys today. And thank you for joining us. Uh, we do have inflatables over here that you can see. Um, we have the wipeout balls. Ooh, that kid really wiped out. That was bad. Sorry. My bad. Um, And we also have like a obstacle course for them to take play, uh, go and play on. We have uh, stuff for kids as well. So please feel free, stay, hang out, socialize. This is a party. We're here to celebrate our savior. Um, We're here to do it as one body. So we are so thankful that you guys are here. Um, Let me pray for us. Pray for the food. Um, I know you guys are hungry. The kids are already making their way to the food and inflatables. So let me pray and we'll close out our time together. Uh, God, thank you so very much that we can celebrate today as one body together. Thank you for this amazing weather. Um, September in Iowa and to hit 75 degrees, not a cloud in the sky, that's almost unheard of. And God, you are amazing. Thank you for that. Thank you for this group of believers that are here to celebrate. Thank you for the people who've made the food, for the worship, the tech teams who've done so much for our parking people, God, who, who in some cases actually fought off cars to protect people. Thank you for them. God, we love you. We're just so thankful. We ask that your blessing is on this food, our conversation, our time together. Thank you again for today. We pray this all in your name. Amen. Guys, go eat. Thanks for worshiping with us.